Welcome to More to Come, PW Comics World's weekly podcast on comics and graphic novel publishing. I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly, Editor of PW Comics World, and Editor of The Fanatic, PW's twice-a-month comics and pop culture newsletter. Check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash comics. All right, podcast listeners, uh, we, we've got a treat for everybody. Uh, you could call this our anniversary show. Uh, we're going to be talking with Mike Richardson, the founder of Dark Horse Comics, and we're going to be talking with him on the uh, really in, uh, about the, the 35th anniversary of the founding of Dark Horse. Mike, uh, how you doing? Um, and thank you for being on More to Come. Thanks for inviting me, and it's great to see you, Calvin. We go back a long ways. Absolutely, no, we 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 get to talk, you know, intermittently. So it's, uh, yeah, I, this, I guess this is our time for this year. So I, I mean, look, the first thing I'd like to ask you is how you're doing. Obviously, the whole industry, uh, you know, comics, prose books, all of this has come through the pandemic. Uh, how are you doing personally? Well, personally, I'm doing great. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I I'm. Work out every day, come into my office early and get stuck here for about 10 hours. But, All right. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's my office at home. So as you can see around, if you look around, I have a lot of, uh, fun, uh, a lot stuff of DH stuff. There. I know you just probably got some Yankee stuff up there too somewhere probably. Oh, that's in the, that's in the workout room. I got, oh, uh, okay. That's all right. 70, uh, signed Yankee balls. I have bats. I have jerseys. I love it. Okay. Forced I fly to New York from Portland, Oregon to see games. Come on. Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, we, I will, I, I'm not going to take it up because once we start talking Yankees baseball, we, we won't talk about anything else. Field of dreams today. That's right. Six o'clock today on the East Coast. So I'm going to be watching for sure. Uh, and that new lineup, but enough about that. Yeah. <laughs> so look, um, it's the 35th anniversary, uh, of Dark Horse books. Uh, uh can you tell us just a very quick little bit about Dark Horse at the beginning? Well, Dark Horse at the beginning, uh, Dark Horse is 35 years old, but it actually evolved out of uh, my retail chain, uh, which we opened actually January 1st, 1980. So um started looking at comics. I felt like there was something missing from the books at the time. And I just got this idea, particularly when I, you know, I was a commercial artist when I left that to start my own little mm-hmm. comic shop. But um, we had comics uh, writers and artists come to the stores to do signings. I had a little 400 square foot store down in Bend, Oregon to start out. And they all said that they didn't own their work, which as a, uh, you know, as a, a an artist, an art major, uh, and working as an artist for a living before I started the business it was sort of offensive to me. And I just got this idea in my head that I would uh, uh, start a company that I might start a company where the creators got to own their own work and entered into partnerships rather than signing the mm-hmm. work away. I mean, you may be aware that um, one of the practices way back then was to sign the back of your check. And when you yeah. signed it, you signed all your rights away to whatever you created. So uh, I called a friend. We, I was in something called APA five and that's where uh, it was an amateur. I think APA stands for, uh, amateur press alliance created by Mark Verheiden, who's become, uh, quite a successful comics writer and, and, uh, showrunner for, uh, series. But, uh, he had started APA5 and I ended up, uh, joining it with people like Randy Stradley and Chris Warner and even Frank Miller was a member. And basically you'd submit your art or your writing and then you'd be savaged. 
uh, by everyone telling <laughs> okay. how horrible you were. Okay. But, uh, we, we, uh, when I finally got this idea to do this, uh, company, came up with the name Dark Horse Presents and, uh, everybody in that first issue was, uh, a creator out of APA 5 and, uh, I gave 100% of the money to the, all the creators after we paid our bills and, you know, we had hoped to sell 10,000 copies in order to break even and we sold 50,000. And uh, we did a we did a book that just because of all the adjective 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 noun books at the time uh, uh, spawned by the uh, teenage mutant ninja turtle success, uh, we, I just got this idea that we should get rid of all of them in the comic industry. So an artist by the name of uh, Jim Smith had this uh, was drawing this uh, bear called Boris in uh, uh, the Apple Five. So. Uh, Randy and I, I had called Randy Stradley to come and I said, I'll be a publisher. You be an editor. Let's, let's do a comic. Yeah. And, uh, we called Jim and, uh, we did, uh, Boris and Bear, which sold 80,000 copies. And right. so we were a company. That'll do it. Selling books will do it. <laughs> Especially All when right. you have no overhead. <laughs> well, they, they're even better, I suppose. Well, you've certainly got much more overhead now. Uh, you've also got an incredible lineup of artists. Uh, original books, licensed books, imprints, media, you know, I mean, can you give me some sense of the, some metrics for the size of, you know, Dark Horse now, the publishing size of, uh, side of it? Of stale? Well, uh, you know, the pandemic came and I have to say that we were worried about it. Uh, mm, we were worried sure. about there might be layoffs and we, we didn't know what was to come, but we we were lucky we were able to uh keep every everyone working and um we actually 2020 was our best year ever by a substantial uh-huh. margin um this year we're ahead of last year and so our growth has been explosive i think part of that is um just the dark horse name uh, with the with the entertainment and the high profile creators we work with and the licenses we have i think uh just uh people know we're here now uh certainly uh some of the success we have not just in the uh some of our titles but also the umbrella academy series gerard way's mm-hmm. umbrella, umbrella academy and mm-hmm. uh resident alien on sci-fi channel another big hit that we have mm-hmm. and uh you know i think and by the way we're our our license our books are licensed and i think about 112, 115 countries around the world. So, you know, the company is this. We we planted the seeds years ago in different divisions, the product division, the licensing, the mm-hmm. online, uh, retail, and entertainment. And, you know, with time, all of them have grown. And so we're not a one-dimensional company. I like to see us as a content company, mm-hmm. you know, with uh, content, the hub of the wheel, our wheel. And the spokes, the different areas, and comics are the golden spoke, but content can be exploited in a number of ways, and and uh, that's what's happening now. We have uh, just uh, uh, we have the best staff we've ever had. We're approaching uh, 180 employees now mm-hmm. at Dark Horse, okay. and uh, it's I, I have to say it's the best staff, most professional staff we've ever had. Do you have any idea about the number of of, of, of books that you publish a year? A year? Well, I think we run, we can run 30 or more per month when I look at 30 through. or more per month. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, you know, if you look at all the different publications, uh, we have products that are out. 
you know, that number goes up and down depending on mm-hmm. uh, circumstances. But, uh, you know, right now, uh, our, our big problem we're facing is just getting, um, stuff shipped back to the United States. I don't know if you know, but sure. uh, there's a huge backup and a lack of containers and, uh, you know, yes. we, we've always well, made an effort that's to good. keep I, everything. I, I, I'd love to hear more about that. I mean, what kind of challenges publishers are are facing in the marketplace because of the pandemic? So, for instance, if you, you know, uh, it wasn't long ago that a container bringing product or books here back to the States was um, cost us about $4,000 for a container. Uh, That cost recently has been as high as $28,000 for the same container. Uh, also, there's a problem. They evidently they don't have enough people to unload these containers. So, I just flew over Los Angeles recently, and you can see the ships, uh, the container wow. cargo ships, uh, backed out, uh, dozens and dozens of them. Uh, they can't get unloaded. So we've got these problems that were brought on by the pandemic, and it's going to take a while to sort them out. And, uh, you know, that plays havoc with, uh, your schedule and, mm-hmm. and, uh, your plans for the, for the year. Well, I, I know that, uh, for your, uh, for your book program, uh, you're distributed, uh, into the book trade by Penguin Random House. Uh, and, um, uh, and I'm just curious to get your perspective on the direct market. Um, and we can talk about both, uh, but, uh, you know, obviously we've seen a lot of changes going on in the direct market. Um, uh, how does this affect Dark Horse? I mean, you guys still publish quite a few periodical comics. Um, uh, you know, what can you tell me about the, yeah, obviously Diamond went through a lot of problems. Uh, they had to shut down for seven weeks during 2020. They're back now. And of course your trade book distributor, Penguin Random, uh, Penguin Random House Publisher Services, they're now doing, you know, at least for one publisher, they're distributing into the direct market periodical comics. So love to hear your perspective on, on the direct market. Well, look, I, we've been a longtime customer of Diamond. They've been a great partner. Uh, mm-hmm. Steve Jeppy's a friend of mine going uh, way back. We see certain similarities in our career. Uh, he just has me one up because he has a major league baseball team and I wish I had one. But, uh, the, uh. Oh, is he know, an the, owner? Uh, <laughs> is he an owner? Well, he was one of the, he, he has been one of the owners in the past. I, I think he may still be involved, but. Uh, all right, all right, there you go. Yeah. I'm impressed too, but go on. <laughs> yeah, anyway. And I got to sit in some good seats, uh, with, uh, Orioles versus the Yankees. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> I owe him a lot. Uh, anyway. The, uh, we've had a great partnership with them. The market is under pressure, uh, and the, uh, you know, we, we want to support the direct sales market. At the same time, our book sales are where our fastest growth is, uh, mm-hmm. with the uh, random house. Uh, there's, uh, there's, uh, um, certain abilities they have that mm-hmm. really can't be duplicated. So, um, but, you know, Diamond has been a long-time uh, uh, partner, and uh, I'm hoping that they can do well and thrive in this market. You know, but from a company company perspective, way from the beginning, back in the early days, 
if you go back and look at our offerings, we started focusing on trades right away. Mm -hmm. One of the reasons was the information in the market uh, basically said that uh, the average reader was no longer, um, you know, 12 years old. The average reader probably was more likely 25 years old and, and maybe up. And uh, it was our opinion that, uh, you know, once you're at a certain age and, and not a uh, comic book geek like myself, you might want to uh, have a book on your shelf instead of a comic in a box somewhere. And so we focused on trades for a very long time. Obviously, we've done the the floppies, and and we've had great success with those, and sure. continue to have great success with those. But as the uh, as the uh, our customer has has aged, um, trades have become more important. I mean, you know, comics aren't we we really do a facsimile of what comics used to be. You know, you used to get a lot of a story for a dime and now you get 20 pages for four or five bucks. Yeah. And so that, that bargain isn't there. You also have a lot more competition. I mean, you can have uh, uh, kids being the superhero or adults being the superhero mm-hmm. um, by playing a video game. So, you know, and also if I just, uh, you know, the market seems to, the diversity of genres, I mean, which is not to knock the superhero genre, but the, but to celebrate how much more choice consumers have and a, a younger generation, which I suspect, I mean, you, Dark Horse has always been, um, out in front on presenting a wide range of, of, of kinds of comics. Yeah, the idea was always to have a wide variety of material to a, a wide variety of readers. Uh, Marvel and DC handle the superhero uh, genre uh, pretty well, and they have pretty well-established characters. Uh, we decided right at the beginning we weren't going to try and compete with them. I've heard a number of uh, publishers over the years say they're going to be the next big thing in superheroes, and those companies last three or four years, and you you know who they are. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, There's great characters, characters I love and collect myself, uh, as a, like I say, as that comic book geek, uh, and, uh, they'll, they'll always be around. But for us, we wanted to take a different approach. So we do have a wide variety. By the way, we have superheroes too. Yes. So, mm-hmm. but they're not, they're not the main focus of, of our line. Uh, we like them. So we'll do them, but, uh, we like to have that broad spectrum of, of content and uh, that's what we've always done and a wide variety of formats too it's not just content mm-hmm. i think we've uh probably can uh, challenge any company in publishing company in history as far as variety of formats we have no one we don't have three formats that we try to shove everything into uh, we look at each project we try to come up with something we try to be creative with our format so we have everything to for big fat multi-hundred page uh, manga to uh, a big giant Frank Miller book that I think weighs 25 pounds. I don't know how much it weighs, but you better be sitting down when you're reading it and every size, shape, and uh, format. So, um, you know, we look at every book. I always like to say uh, we like a book to have good hand. You like yeah, to pick it up, and whatever it is, that particular book feels good as you're picking it up. Well, just to um, uh, just to jump back to one of the points you were making uh, at the Comic Con at Home uh, Dark Horse panel, I noticed that uh, Karen Ber- uh, Berger, obviously who launched her Berger Books imprint at Dark Horse, she she talked about moving away from 
um, uh, the floppies uh, periodicals because, in fact, her books were doing better uh, uh, as original graphic novels. Yeah, well, th- there's, you know, a good portion of readers uh, would like to sit down and finish the book at their own pace, not getting 20 pages a month apart over six months. I, I mean, th- that takes a dedicated comic reader who enjoys that format. And I started to say, you know, the comics now, they used to be a, a, uh, well, as you know, they were started out as reprints of comic strips. In those days, the comic strips just were appeared and then they were gone. And then a couple of bright salesmen decided to put them in the cheapest package they could and resell them. And that was basically newsprint that the size was because the page folded a certain, that piece of, uh, that sheet of paper folded a certain number of times and then you put, Slick on the, uh, magazine slick on the outside and two staples through and there you go. You had a comic book and you could sell it for a dime. Uh, now to recreate that, it's, it's much more expensive to try and recreate that, mm-hmm. uh, uh, that format. It's not, uh, the comics, if you compare them, they don't look the same. They don't have yeah. as, uh, now we're in slick paper inside and, um, it's just a much more expensive process. So comics have to cost more and they're going to cost more now too with, uh, all the increases that are coming in. So I think there will always be the, the, uh, you know, the traditional comic book, but I think that, uh, uh, the future is in the graphic novels and the original graphic novels. And Karen's right on top of that, her readers and the type of books that she brings to us, which really adds another, uh, adds depth to our line, which I love what she brings to us. And, uh, uh, they're better, most of the time, they're better served as original graphic novels. And of course, I mean, she's, you know, a distinguished figure in this business. She's a Hall of Famer um, in, in many ways, uh, you know. Uh, I loved getting her to Dark Horse. Uh, she was a target because she kept taking talent away from okay, me. Okay, well, so. there you go. I <laughs> there you go. Yeah, and, and of course, I mean, the work she did at Vertigo, I mean, most of us, really look at that as kind of it, the pre-graphic novel age, the kinds of the books that she was doing there. So she really obviously found the perfect home uh, at Dark Horse. Yeah, um, I, I've been a fan of Karen, so mm-hmm. she was on my list to try and uh, bring her over to the dark side. And by dark side, I mean Dark Horse. Yeah, course. of course. <laughs> well, I'm going to jump to some, uh, some, some actually really uh, interesting initiatives going on at Dark Horse that I'd just love to hear you talk about. I mean, most recently, uh, the Comicsology deal, the Comicsology original deal, where that where Scott Snyder is going to be creating uh, an impressive line of independent comics and working with Dark Horse uh, to do the print formats. I know that you guys have had these kind of deals with Comicsology at times in the past, but uh, I'd love to hear more about this. And it seems as though you haven't really nailed down all of the details. Uh, of the print program, or have you? Yeah, well, we're you know, we're working on everything right now. Look, for me to get Scott to Dark Horse uh, was uh, very exciting. Where he's got lots of ideas, he's got uh, formats and approaches to comics that he's eager to to uh, to um, launch, and we're all for it. We love that. That's what we try to do anyway, and so. I think we're the perfect home for him and we're, we're, we're going to back him up and whatever he wants to. We, we love having him here. He's the kind of creator that, uh, when I started the company, that's what we were looking for. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so for me, 
Um, he's the perfect creator at Dark Horse, and uh, hopefully for Scott, we can make sure that Dark Horse is the perfect home for what he wants to do. We're very excited about it. And very interesting. Yeah, and by I mean, the way, we have some other exciting uh, creator news that will be coming, and uh, I have someone listening right now that if I blow the, <laughs> the announcements, uh, I'll be hearing about it after this call. But All we've right. got some really exciting people coming to Dark Horse. Um, it, it really is an exciting time for our company, and uh, I, we can't wait to make some of these announcements. I can't wait. Yeah. They can wait. They're just fine. They have them all <laughs> scheduled well, out. But I, I can't can wait either because I'll get to write about it. Um, uh, well, and and to, 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 uh, using Scott uh, the Scott Snyder deal as a you know um, and as an example, uh, this is an acclaimed superhero writer who's really writing in multiple genres here. The stuff he's, he he says that you know he's really been wanting to do um so this is an opportunity for him yeah well look as a as a comics writer myself i i every one of my books is completely different so you never know what i'm going to write so you know i love the idea that somebody comes and uh to dark horse any creator that comes to dark horse and wants to try different things because uh, that that's that's what we're about uh, i keep saying it i've been saying it for 35 years, uh, I wanted a company with a wide variety of content for a wide variety of readers. And I think that is the uh, secret to the industry's growth. You know, everybody knows where there's a comic shop these days. I mean, people know where they're at. They're, they're not secrets like they were when, yes, when, when we were younger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, don't, don't go into age. Okay. And uh, the, uh, I think we already have. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, you know, but the comic industry reaches a certain level. I, most people at one time, I think, just thought it was superheroes and mostly superheroes and most comic shops had Wolverine in the window, you know, and, uh, our, our mission has always been to say, no, there's a lot of other comics and it's not just in genre. It's, uh, right from the beginning with books like Cheval Noir and our early manga, we, we had manga right from our second year uh, that there's comics from around the world that would be interesting to share with a, uh, with an audience here in North America. And so we've looked for good comics in whatever form, in whatever genre. And it's because I'm a comics fan. So I, I want those things. And you know, if, if they get published, I get to have them. If Dark Horse publishes them, I get to have them on my bookshelf. You can yeah. see behind me. You can see. I, I, can, I, can, I can see you've got a pretty nice looking uh, office there. Um, yeah, this is, uh, uh, this is, uh, what my, with all this stuff is what my, uh, office at work looks like too. So, uh, <laughs> well, you know, I, uh, I, 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 you know, it, it's it, fun to sit in it that other creators do all around you. Mm-hmm. It's inspiring to me. Um, well, it's interesting. One thing you mentioned about how great a year you're doing, uh, and uh it, this seems to be happening across the board. Uh it's just so it says something I think about the power of uh this this industry, pop culture in general in times of incredible crisis and challenge. Uh you know, a year and a half where people are kind of shut down. Um uh it, even to bring Diamond back into this, I mean, they seem to have done a great year. I mean, really people want this content any way they can get it. Yeah, well look, uh I can say for uh, a lot of those people, a lot of the companies, a lot of the people who run the other comics companies, I I know those people. And uh, 
you know, when, when you really love the genre, when you really love the, the, uh, the, this pop culture, which I'm, I mean, look, we're in a pop culture where 70 year old guys play video games. I can't even <laughs> imagine my dad playing video games at any age. It's yeah, well, just same for mine. <laughs> so the pop call, our pop culture has, uh, changed everything and it's the access to the internet is one of the big factors but it's entertainment it's all of it we live in a different world we have you know there's more disposable income out there to do those Mm -hmm. kinds of things you know my dad worked hard he had to support a whole house full of kids and uh, he was working six days a week sure you know um i work i work hard uh, but it's that something i love doing and that was always one of my goals when i decided what i wanted to do for a living i did uh, like I say, as a commercial artist, which I like, but I wanted to work for myself and I wanted to do something where, um, I didn't look at the clock for eight mm-hmm. hours a day wishing I was somewhere else. So that wish came true and it's, it, you know, Dark Horse has been a very rewarding company. It's not just, uh, the people I meet and, and the things that I get to do, but it's working with the people I work with. I mean, we have great staff. They're, they're all dedicated and, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, we've gone through our ups and downs with staff. Uh, things happen, but, uh, that you can't control. But this, the people we have now at Dark Horse are, it's part of the reason we've had this uh, great year. We have really talented people there. Sure. I, I and, worry that, uh, I worry that they'll all replace me pretty soon, but, uh, you know. <laughs> well, I think you can hold on for a little while. But one of the things, just to jump back, uh, it's interesting you mentioned, of course, Manga, uh, Dark Horse was kind of a pioneer, uh, among, you know, American publishers. Yeah, I mean, we, we're, we're in the middle of another manga, you know, revolution, uh, I guess with really also incredible sales in, in manga. Uh, Dark Horse was there from the, you know, back when it, before it was cool. Um, uh, but also, uh, I'm very interested in, uh, the, 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 another deal, uh, with, with Unique Studios and Roya Coupe. Um, that looks interesting and fascinating. You, uh, I, you can, I'd love to hear you talk a little bit more about that. African comics. Well, look, it was natural for us. We've, we've, look, I go back to Colors in Black, where mm-hmm. it was only a publication we did that only had black artists and writers. Um, uh, we have, uh, I did, we had did comics uh, with Spike Lee. Um, we've always, I've always felt that, uh, Black creators, uh, and their viewpoints were underserved in the comics market. So, uh, it's always been an issue with me. Uh, you know, I, uh, uh, the whole racial thing was, uh, issue with me. I, I grew up in, uh, farm country in Oregon and I didn't see a lot of people of color of any kind of, uh, difference. Uh, I didn't know that there was, when I did, it, it was just, it didn't occur sure. to me that, they were, anybody was different. It was just, you didn't think about it. Uh, but when I played ball at Portland State, I was the only white guy on the team and actually I saw, saw you on the black panel once we yeah. talked about that. The yeah. black panel in San Diego, but yeah. yeah, that's right. That was Michael Davis because we, were, we yeah. wanted to do a comic on Michael. Where are you, Michael? We're supposed to be doing a comic on uh, the Underground Railroad, which is always hmm. intriguing. Yeah, I wanted to sure. uh, do books on that, but. Anyway, uh, I saw some things happen that, uh, have stuck with me and mm. I'm in invo- involved in a number of groups and, uh, organizations that try to, uh, uh address those issues. And, uh, 
So how did, how did you discover Roy? Did you just uh... well, personally, I didn't discover him. I, I'm not sure if he contacted uh, one someone in our company. I don't remember, but he was brought to me, and uh, we did uh, we we uh, had the discussion and looked at the what he wanted to accomplish, and we thought it was a great idea. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I can't take the credit for finding him, but I, I'll sure take the credit for publishing. There him. you go. Well, that's good. Well, your great staff found him, and and you yeah. get to you know get you get to get. That's all what I say. You get smarter people, and then you look smarter. You know. So <laughs> no, but so, we're always looking. I'm uh, seriously. Uh, you talked about the 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 blacks comic panel. I, I was the only white guy up there. You know, I made what I thought was a pretty f- profound discussion about to the black creators in, in the audience. And I said, you know, the great thing today is you don't have to wait for a publisher to find you. You can put your work up on the internet and if you're good and you're, you're tenacious and willing to work hard, people will find you. Mm -hmm. And we found a lot of people on the internet and published those books. And uh, so I thought I was talking very profoundly, but the newspaper up here, all they wrote was the comment I made. Somebody said, how does it feel to be up there? And I said, it feels like I'm playing basketball at Portland State again. <laughs> yeah, I think I was there. I think I was in the audience for that particular one. Yeah, so. <laughs> so all my uh, my brilliant uh, statements are just ignored for that one. Uh, <laughs> there you so. go. That's all right. Uh, there you go. Good good intentions always go get punished. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> um, well, look, uh, this is great. I'm, I do want to ask you, I know Dark Horse in the past, uh, has, you know, has been very involved in TV and film and you are also, Dark Horse was also early as a, having a production house. Um, where, where are you now on that end? If I may bring up, the, um, uh, didn't you have an investor at some point? I think it was Vanguard Visionaries, um, uh, that has some multimedia entertainment. Is, is anything come out of that, uh, connection? Yeah, the, pretty much, uh, we haven't, uh, they're working their, their business. Uh, originally the bishop, the business that we we're doing was to create a film fund mm-hmm. so that we could operate, uh, more independently. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, some things happened between the pandemic and the, uh, tariffs and such. And so, you know, we're hoping everything works out, uh, for my concern is Dark Horse Media. That's our mm-hmm. three companies. Mm-hmm. And I, we're left alone. I have my own, uh, I have control of those companies and mm-hmm. will have control of those companies. So we're sort of unaffected by them, except when they need to, they need something, they need some help or something, we'll, we'll help out. Mm-hmm. But, uh, we sort of, uh, keep focus, keep our eye on our donut as Bob, Bob Burden always says, keep the eye on the donut. Sure. Sure. Uh, okay. Well, look, you know, th- I w- we're going to wind this down, but I am curious. Um, uh, you know, we're kind of heading into a new convention season. Obviously, you guys have done virtual co- conventions. Uh, I mean, what do you see out there? I, I, I don't know whether you guys are uh, attending or planning to attend anything. Is everything going to be virtual for you or how does Dark Horse, uh, figure to handle, uh, the convention situation through the end of 2021? Well, I, this year we're, we, we're not going to be attending conventions. There's still too much, uh, uh, confusion about what's going on. Uh, it's hard to get information that stays the same. And we don't want, uh, 
you know, there's a lot of people that show up at those things you know, when they talk about spreaders. Um, yeah. That's, that's, those are prime um, examples of what could be dangerous situations. So in the near future, we're, we're not going, we haven't made decisions about 2022. It'll depend if uh, we get this uh, virus under control. Mm-hmm. I mean, now the, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of things that have happened during the pandemic. First of all, if you would have told me that we'd have our best year ever with our offices shut down, I would have told you you're out of your mind. Hmm. Uh, our employees stepped up, you know, and everybody understood uh, the situation where we were in, all the people at Dark Horse, uh, the team there, and um, um, we had our best year ever. So with that in mind, my my opinion of whether employees can work at home has changed completely. So we're trying to build that policy right now. And obviously as long as production stays high, I think that's going to be an option for, for the people that are at dark horse. I also, the same thing goes with a variety of things. I mean, I, I have a million eight miles flying back and forth from LA uh, for meetings. I used to go sometimes two or three times a week. Zoom has changed everything. You know, before <laughs> March of 2020, I've never heard of Zoom. Now I spend Same here. <laughs> hours a day on it, you know, so, uh, sure. Uh, so a lot of the meetings I do will be Zoom in the future, wherever possible. And the studios have all survived uh, on mm-hmm. Zoom. You don't have to be in the room to pitch a project or to give notes or those types of things. So I think it's, and when you look at the, uh, the uh, value of, of uh, uh, what's happened, it, less be, less people, cars on the road, less planes in the air. Hopefully, that all uh, helps out with uh, the environmental issues we're looking at. Um, and the other thing, as far as conventions go, um, what's stopping conventions from continuing to be virtual, and what's stopping individual publishers from doing their own virtual convention? You get a much uh, more focused uh, and uh, far-reaching uh, convention. Mm-hmm. So uh, all of those things, uh, you know, are running through our minds and we'll see how it all lands. Yeah, no, I think, uh, I mean, this pandemic for all of the, uh, its unfortunate consequences and the destruction, uh, it certainly has speeded up, uh, I think, just across the board in businesses and uh uh, about how you conduct things, how you just uh, concepts that we just thought about as, the, as theoretical uh, kind of have speeded up. And certainly uh, the ability to kind of do so much work uh, without going into a central office is pretty amazing. So, yeah, I, I mean, for me, originally, I thought it will be great uh, to start working at home because it'll give me more time with my family and all that. That's not how it works. It's just more work. Office for ten or twelve hours, and my wife brings up food and sets it on the table. Yeah, just, yeah. I don't eat today. I have not eaten yet. So, yeah, uh, you know. Well, so, I'll, I'll, I'll agree with now. you there. It's almost two o'clock. <laughs> I'll agree with you there. I think mean, I think uh, my boss is getting a much better deal with me working at home. Uh, yeah. But look, well, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting back to the office. I, I like the interaction. I'm a social uh, person. Sure. And I like. Uh, I like uh, hands-on and people around. Well, yeah, well, we all do. So I, I certainly do too. So we'll, we'll, we're, we're going to work it out. I think we're looking for a, a, a future that's hybrid, that's a little office and a little Zoom. 
So it's going to be a different, it's going to be different, but it's going to be better. Yeah, you know? I, I agree. Look, Mike, on, on that note, look, I want to thank you. Uh, it's always good to talk to you. Congratulations on the 35th anniversary. Um, you know, maybe I'll just go out and buy some Dark Horse books to celebrate. <laughs> well, if you want to, if you want to fly to Portland or Los Angeles, I'll give you a discount. Okay. <laughs> okay. We'll work it out. We'll see. Yeah. I'll get my, I'll get my N95, KN95 mask together and, and yeah, I wouldn't mind getting out there too. Anyway, look, Mike, thank you so much for being on More to Come. I appreciate it. Great to see you, Calvin, and All look right. forward to talking again soon. You bet. Take care. Bye-bye.